On this episode of the Magic Business Podcast, you'll hear this and more. Magic is about mystery as we know, but it's also about imagination. And we need to provoke those things. We need to tickle people's imagination. We need to make it about more than the magic trick. Magic tricks are great, but there's so much more than you can add to it. Welcome to the Magic Business Podcast, where we share insightful and delightful inner secrets about the business of magic. This is where magic professionals present their real life experiences and their most guarded secrets to help further your career in the magical arts. I'm your host, Roland Sarlot, in partnership with the MagicOracle.club, where you can hear all of our magic business podcasts. Chicago is known as one of America's great magic cities. And one of the men steering who's performing today is Benjamin Barnes. He was partner in the 12 year monthly magic Chicago where he performed and booked acts. For the last three years, he's been the entertainment director at Chicago's number one nightlife destination, the Magic Lounge, where he's in charge of hiring and mentoring acts as well as performs in all of their theaters. Benjamin is a full-time performer that has played at every major magic venue across the country and views his purpose on earth is to make magic and magicians loved by audiences everywhere. Ben, welcome to the Magic Oracle. Thank you so much, Rola. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here. You have a ton of experience, Benjamin. I wanted to talk about it. In particular, let's go back a little ways to when you were at Magic Chicago. You were one of the founders what was Magic Chicago? Magic Chicago was Chicago's longest running monthly magic show. What did it consist of multiple acts, one act? How did that go? What was the format? Well, yeah, sure. Uh, there were three performers. So we had uh, an opening act that was typically local, followed by another local act. And then we would close more often than not with a visiting magician from someplace far away from another country or some other state in the United States. But what made these people special is they were uh, representative of the best magicians working at that time. And how long did Magic Chicago run for? That ran for 12 years. That's a long time. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, you survived. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Now, did you book all of those acts? Vast majority of the acts, yeah. I would you say... have a lot of experience in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And today, you're at Magic Lounge in Chicago. What is the Magic Lounge? Well, the Chicago Magic Lounge is a global destination for performance of magic. As you mentioned uh, moments ago, it's the number one nightlife destination in the city. But it's really a venue uh, comprised of three smaller spaces where people can experience the richness of the magical art. So we have a bar where there's bar magic, a performance bar. We have a 120-seat cabaret theater where people can see magic at their tables, but also an hour stage show. And we also have a 47-seat close-up magic theater. That's quite a lot. And you kind of cover all the different bases that magic encompasses as well. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I, I book all of those spaces. And 
my goal in a given night is to give someone who has never seen Magic before an idea of just how expansive Magic is as a performing art. And you book all of them, you said? I book all of them. So for three years? Uh-huh, yep. Now this is a, I've seen a lot of the photos. I have not been there, but this is a huge and beautiful establishment. This is multi-million dollars? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you don't want to say them out, but yes, it's big. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that's big. a lot of responsibility on those two shoulders of yours. Yep, I uh, have a great team, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of responsibility. Those performers don't cut it. That rests you. For sure. That's huge. Yeah. So you've booked hundreds, thousands of acts in your career? Uh, over the course of the last uh, 16 years, hundreds, yeah, several hundred for sure. Many hundreds, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you are a performer. Even on top of these jobs that you have, you're still performing in Chicago. Yes. You've hired many hundreds of acts. I'm sure you have seen quite a bit more than that. Yes. <laughs> so the Benjamin, what I want to know is, what have you learned? Well, I've learned a lot, actually. Uh, but one of the major things that I've learned is that audiences really crave magic, a magical experience. You know, in, prior to the Chicago Magic Lounge opening, there was nothing of this scale in the city of Chicago. We're the number one nightlife destination in the third largest market in the United States. And I always say that people love magic, but they don't know it until they have an opportunity to see it. And that's what we've done at the Chicago Magic Lounge. Uh, we've given people an opportunity to fall in love with this thing that they didn't know they wanted. What does the audience want to see? The audience, the audience is for magic shows. One thing I've discovered is most people who go to see magic, period, uh, have never seen it live before. So they want to experience what they think magic is uh, because they really don't know. <laughs> so they want, you know, a fantastic experience. They want to see things they've never seen before. They want to experience impossible things, fantastic things, without really knowing what it is that magicians do. And um, part of my job is to not only fulfill those ex expectations, but to exceed them through the curation of our shows, through the acts that uh, I book uh, for our venue. So in a way, you're a magician just filling out these different positions in, a, in, a, in an evening. Audience oh, yeah. wants magic. They don't know what it is. No. And yet you got to find magicians to fill that job. Yep. Are magicians filling that job? Well, I would say that the vast majority of magicians um, are good entertainers. Uh, I would say the prevailing trend in uh, magic performance currently is that of comedy magic. So they are uh, people who are maybe somewhat funny who are doing magic tricks, uh, but there aren't very many magicians. People who are trying to give people that experience of the fantastic, of the awe-inspiring. Those people are very uh, few and far between uh, fortunately, audiences enjoy both. 
And uh, there are enough magicians uh, currently working today well, where we can still satisfy that uh, for, for audiences. Sure, I understand that all of your audiences are going to have a great night. I know a lot of the performers there, and, and you've, we've talked about who, who performs there. But if we're trying to get to that magic with a capital M, that magical experience, that maybe the holy grail of what a performer should do, what does a magician need to do to better deliver that? Uh, I think the, well, I think there's just many different answers to that question as there are magicians. I think a good starting point, however, is to realize that magic tricks and magic are not the same thing. Uh, a magic trick uh, is something that you can envelop in magic to create that experience for an audience. Magic is about mystery, as we know, but it's also about imagination. And we need to uh, provoke those things. We need to tickle people's imagination. We need to make it about more than the magic trick. Magic tricks are great, but there's so much more than you can add to it. And I think the best magicians give more to their performance uh, than just uh, competent execution of the magic trick. So when you say mystery and imagination, you're really talking about a level of creativity beyond the technical. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you must have the technical. You have to. Uh, but beyond that, you have to, um, again, tr you have to transcend the technical and go into the imaginative. Um, and I, a word I like to use is the fantastic. Uh, and we can do that uh, as magicians doing card magic. <laughs> Believe it or not, you can make that simple magic effect into a much larger event um, if you through performance and creativity. If somebody was asking you, through your experience and what you've seen, what are the three most important things an act can do to improve? Uh, the three most important things an act can do to improve, I think one would be to develop a working knowledge or understanding of magic history. Uh, people have been doing magic for thousands of years, and they left a lot of clues. And I think if you want to improve the magic, one place to start is by learning from the lessons that they left us. Do you have any favorite books you would recommend? Absolutely. I would have people read uh, The Illustrated History of Magic. It's a fantastic book, and there's a lot of wisdom in that book. Uh, Magic and Meaning by Robert Neal and Eugene Berger will give you a context for what magic not only means to people um, or meant to people in the past, what it can mean to people now. And why people, it gives you a sense of why people are attracted to magicians in the first place. Um, and I think that's something most magicians don't think about or they don't understand. And I think if they did, they would realize that their job is so much bigger than just fooling people. Um, so I would recommend those things. And then aside from uh, learning the history of magic, I would 
encourage magicians to perform as much as you possibly can because the audience, as you know, is one of our best teachers. They tell us not only what works uh, in terms of our performance, what they're um, connecting with, but audiences will teach you what it is that they want. You know, like I said earlier, the audience comes to the show wanting magic. If you pay attention, they will tell you what that is. They'll tell you what it is that they're looking for, and then you can develop ways to deliver it. But that's something you can't read in a book. You can't buy it in the magic shop. You have to get up and perform as much as you can. And uh, the final thing uh, I would say performers can do to improve is to look for ways to connect who they are to what they're doing. What things do you love that you can discuss through your performance? What are the things that you think about? What are the things that you find magical that you can express in your performance? And uh, I think if you can do that, people will feel it and they can connect to it too. Well, those are great. You know, it's interesting that those are three suggestions that really start from the very large, which is the macro perspective of history, going to the present, which is the performing so you learn the nuts and bolts and audience interaction and connecting, then to going into the personal, call it character or putting your 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 heart into it to really connecting as a human. Yep. How does one use a magic venue to improve their act? What well, I'll give you a couple of ways a uh, performer can use a magic venue to improve their magic act. Uh, one uh, goes back to the previous question. I think it's just a place to perform, to experiment and to learn uh, from the experiences of performing there. And another great thing about a magic venue is that you're around other magicians who are also doing the same thing. So you can collaborate, you can have another set of eyes watch what you're doing and get outside feedback. And um, I think those are the best ways to use the magic venue to improve. I've heard two arguments about going to a magic venue. Some say, bring material that you're working on because you get a lot of times to, to rehearse in front of a live audience and then you can work it out. And other people say, no, 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 don't ever do that. You go to a magic venue to show your best and to do a great job. That's not the place to experiment and use up the audiences and make your mistakes. How do you feel? Uh, I, I would say yes and no, and I'll uh, elaborate <laughs> briefly. <laughs> I'll elaborate briefly. So I would say the material you present in the magic venue, because this venue is not a place to be bad. You know, you cannot be bad at the Chicago Magic Lounge. You cannot be bad at the Magic Castle if you want to continue to work there. But there's a difference between a seasoned professional experimenting versus someone who doesn't quite know, have it figured out yet. <laughs> you know, uh, Penn and Teller experimenting uh, in their show is still a good show. <laughs> you know, it's not, maybe it's not the best show, but it's still good. And people who are seasoned enough know how to experiment in a way that's safe, that will still deliver an entertaining experience, um, but one that they can continue to improve with time. So it depends on what level you're at. If you're a beginner, totally. bring the best stuff you have. 
Yes. Yeah. Or if you're not sure if something's going to work, don't bring that. But there are people who come here, and I know they experiment with new material, but they know at the very least people will like it. They may not love it, but they'll at least be able to enjoy it and be entertained by it on some level. And you better have it good enough that Benjamin's going to be happy and not give you the wrath. Well, yeah, and also good enough so Benjamin won't be fired. Don't want that to happen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. As you know, all the Magic Business podcasts can be heard on the magicoracle.club. However, today, Benjamin, you are our guest oracle, that person with great wisdom, knowledge, and insight. So I'd like to ask you, Oracle Benjamin, what's the most important question a performer should ask you, but they never do? The most important question a performer could ask me, but they never do, is what could I have done better? Um, the number of times I've gotten that question, uh, I, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> I can't, that's not a question that I hear very often. And I think that's the most impor- important question. Which is a huge question. You're saying, how do I get better? How do I learn? Am I a yeah. student or do I know it all? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I think everybody is a student, no matter how great you are, you uh, you know there's always room to grow. And that's, you know, and it, it's all connected, Roland. That's what I say, if you understand uh, something about the history of magic, uh, one of the things that that does is it keeps your ego in check. Because if you know who Survey Leroy is, or Theodore Bamberg is, you know that's not you. <laughs> and that you have a long way to go and you embrace that journey of continued growth. So you're always asking, what could I do to make that a little bit better? How can I grow just a tiny bit as a result of having done a performance? And uh, yeah, I, I very rarely hear that question. I can't remember the last time I heard it. Well, that's huge advice. Benjamin, thank you for sharing your years of experience with us. Thank you, Rowan. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to our Magic Business Podcast. Please visit themagicoracle.club where you can hear all of our Magic Business Podcasts and enjoy a vast array of additional magical knowledge as well as find magic shows around the world near you. I'd like to leave you with the quote that's short in words but long in meaning from master performer and legendary showman Harry Houdini. He said, it's not the magic, it's the magician. As always, we at the Magic Oracle wish you great success on your path in the magical arts.